Next on BYU Sports Nation, does BYU football need to beat either Boise State or Utah to consider this season a success? Yes, we know. Northern Illinois is next. Is it? What is a win versus Utah worth financially? We'll try and put a dollar amount on it. And what does it have to do with Boise State? The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, will join us to converse about that. And also, what did he think from a statistical standpoint on Zach Wilson's performance? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play of BYU Sports in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, October 17th, wherever and however you're connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who refuses to sit anywhere for a professional basketball game other than courtside. Jerem Jordan. It's not true. I've never sat courtside for a pro. Eh, well, th- th- not as a fan. I've worked a few courtside, but you've worked quite a few courtside. Not that many. But you've yeah, never watched side. primarily as a fan from a courtside seat. No, my friends aren't rich enough. Oh, I think that you have some rich friends now, Jerem. I, I think I, we need to put you in contact with those people right I, now and make I this seek happen. Rich relationships more than rich friends. But if the friends are also rich. And that relationship is rich. That is the richest relationship. There are a couple of uh, mandatory relationships you need to have. One, you need to have the courtside seat friend relationship. You need to have a boat friend. And you need to have the boat friend. You always have to have the boat friend. Yes, absolutely. We've talked about that And I have a boat friend, and you know who you are. Oh. Well, can I hang out with you and your boat friend? Depends what day. <laughs> I don't when it's not freezing outside yeah. and it's boating weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to this show lineup. Greg Rebell will join us in 15 minutes. What is priority number one for BYU football during the bye week? Also, Jerem, ponderize this, my friend. What kind of money figure would you put to beating Utah? How much is it worth to you? How does that relate to something that's actually happening in the Boise State football program? How much is City Creek worth? It's uh, <laughs> a great question and something we will never know. We will never know well, that. there are those who guess. <laughs> Let's check out today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The annual bye week continues for BYU football. The Cougars preparing to host Northern Illinois a week from Saturday. Head coach Kalani Satake expounding on the goals of the bye week with us here in Studio B on Monday. Not surprisingly, it centers on health, specifically with one of his stars. I'm hoping, yeah. I mean, the, he has he has a week to, to get healthy to compete for next week for a spot, and uh, we're hoping that that will be the case. Squally Canada is the man being discussed by Kalani Satake. Yeah, a healthy Squally means good things for BYU football. Running back teammate of Squally, Matt Hadley, will join us on the show tomorrow. Today is West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas. The preseason coaches poll will be released right after the show at 1.15 Eastern. Lauren McLean's there covering the event. Tomorrow will be the Men's Hoops Media Day. BYU men's and women's cross country remain unchanged in the latest rankings according to the USTFCCCA poll. The men's team once again comes in at number two. The women still in the top ten at number nine. And BYU tennis players Sean Hill, Ben Gallardo, and Sam Tullis advance to the singles round of 16 in the ITA Regional Tournament in Vegas today. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Northern Illinois is next. Yes, we know. The next game is the most important game, right? Coach speak. But it's the bye week. And naturally, we're always looking ahead because that's what we do. When the present isn't convenient, just look backward or forward. In the spirit of the gauntlet, Jerem, does BYU need to beat either Boise State or Utah to make this season a success? It's an interesting question because BYU beat Wisconsin. We're always going to remember that win. Okay, We'll always remember the 2018 team. Whether we'll remember that in context of the season is a different question um, because BYU beat a top 10 team for the fifth time in school history. That's a big deal. At this point, BYU is probably looking at six or seven wins on the season without wins versus aforementioned Boise State and or Utah. If BYU gets to eight wins with victories against Wisconsin and Boise State and or Utah, that's a memorable eight-win season to me. I'd say that's similar to 2013 where BYU won eight but played seven power fives, beat Texas, Georgia Tech, and then had notable group of five wins against Boise State and Houston. Of note, Kalani Sitake, 0-4 versus Boise State in Utah. So I think it would be awesome if BYU could get one or both of those. At this point, starting a freshman quarterback, I'm not expecting BYU to win either, but I would hope that BYU could beat Boise State. Utah on the road is going to be significantly tougher. We'll talk about that in a minute. BYU getting to a bowl game, in my opinion, is... The baseline of success. Okay. Sure. Good season. Given how bad last year. It's good season. It's based on how BYU yeah. was so bad last year. You won six games, you won seven games, good season. A win over Boise State or Utah takes it from good to great, in my opinion, because now you're talking about going three and three in the gauntlet. That would be awesome. To me, that qualifies as great. So a win over Utah or Boise State would take BYU to three wins in the gauntlet, assuming that BYU takes care of business against Northern Illinois. And against UMass and against New Mexico yeah, State. If, yeah, if you don't take care of a business against those three, it's going to be tough to win at Utah. Call it but this team got beat Wisconsin but got blown out by Utah State. So which version will show up? Bowl game, good. Successful season. Based, based on, on, la- on last yeah, year. Yeah, expectations change. Like in the history of BYU, you don't look at a six-win season and go, that was great. You don't. But BYU was 4-9 and, and the worst. Contextually, so now it changes. Contextually, yeah, now it changes because expectations should change. Yes, right. Six, seven. Wins. We battle on that Good idea. Season. Expectations should change. You beat either Boise State or Utah. Now you're talking about three wins in the gauntlet. Yeah, three awesome. and three, and it takes it to great. One win would make this a great season. Bowl game makes it a success. I think we're all hopeful for a great season. I wouldn't say that beating Boise State makes it great. I would say that if you beat if you beat really? U, if you beat Utah. Now everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay. If I again. told you, if I told you, eight and four in the regular season with wins at Arizona, at Wisconsin, and at Boise State, you're telling me that's not great? It's all semantics of what you want to call it. Yeah, it's a really good season, especially after last season. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Call it what you want. Who cares? Whether it's great or very good or awesome or fantastic, who cares? It would be really, really good. If you beat Utah, all of a sudden it's in a different category because Boise State and Utah are not in the same category. Perhaps a game changer for those matchups now will be new BYU starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. Does Wilson give BYU a better chance to beat Boise State and or Utah? Well, clearly because the coaches think so. So they have given him the keys to drive the team. So yes. I'm asking you. I'm not asking the coaches. I'm with the coaches. I believe after watching Zach Wilson do what he did against a bad Hawaii defense, yes. But still... 
he, w- he went out and accomplished what they needed him to do. Yes, Zach Wilson gives BYU a better chance to beat Boise State and or Utah. He can run. He brings a new dynamic to the BYU offense. And he's probably going to have a greater advantage against Boise State just because at that point there won't be that much tape on Zach Wilson. The Broncos will have two games. Utah will have more footage of Zach Wilson. Oh, they've got plenty of high school footage. He was uh, committed to play there. <laughs> they know they know him. Touche. They, they know him. But in the BYU offense, he's asked to do different things than he was at Corner Canyon High School. I've not seen a, Utah. very much of Corner Canyon, so I don't know. I think BYU has a better chance to beat Boise State than Utah. Boise State seems to be a little bit down. They're not as strong as they have been in recent years. Oh, but, yeah, Utah's... Way better than Utah is right now. rolling right now, yeah. coming off big wins against Stanford and Arizona. We'll see what they do against USC. So, momentum has it that BYU has a better chance to beat Boise State. Still a great team that they have to go play on the blue up in Boise. But yeah, Zach Wilson gives them a better chance because he can. He brings a different dynamic to the field. Like he's a dual threat guy to a degree, and that's not Tanner Mangum's game. So you have to plan that much more. Uh, the question is better than what? If it's better than Tanner Mangum, yes. Uh, better than before? Y- yeah, I think so. It- it's a little early. We've seen one star from Zach Wilson, but we think he has a skill set that is better suited to beat Boy State and Utah than Tanner Mangum. I'm not expecting him to win either of those games. The expectation I'm not either is on not the road. There. Yeah. yeah, he's had one start. Yes, like, he's gonna have two starts by the time he gets to Boy State. Yeah. Those are quality teams. Boy State is vulnerable, okay? Four-point win on the road against 3-4 and four Nevada. You know, this is not the traditional Boy State team. I do think Boy State's a really good uh, team and program, though. I'm, I'm not undervaluing them at all. However, Utah, this is going to be tough to win sitting right now. Utah is one of the best defenses in the country. Are you ready for this? Okay. Top 10 in points allowed, yards, and rushing. <laughs> okay. Like, if BYU can't run the ball, can they win? Um, we're going to see... That at some point you'd think, like, if Squally Canada isn't healthy, and if BYU relies on Lopini Cato and Matt Hadley and Riley Burton, whoever, like, is Bo Hodge going to get healthy and play? If they can't run, can Zach Wilson win a game with his arm? We, we will see. Uh, hopefully we won't have to see. Hopefully BYU can run well every game, but perhaps that might be an issue at Utah on November 24th. Maybe we'll find some of that out against Northern Illinois, who does have a stout front seven. Can they shut down the BYU run, and thus we see BYU open things up for Zach Wilson and his arm? And thus we see. I don't know. Hey, we discussed yesterday, and you just brought up the running backs, who is the best running back on BYU's football team at the moment? You go back to what happened against Hawaii, and you can throw like five different guys into the mix. Dennis Pitta offered his opinion on the matter of who he wants to see more at running back. So you put Riley Burton in the game, and he was just a different, had a different gear to him, in my opinion. And, and I'm curious why he hasn't been on the field. I don't know if it's been injury or whatever. But I would like to see a whole lot more of him because I think he's a difference maker back there. Having heard what your buddy Dennis Pitta thinks, Jerem, do you expect more Riley Burt and Matt Hadley, that combo that went for over 140 yards combined, or Squally Canada, who's dealing with ankle issues, and the physical runner Lopini Katoa the rest of the season for BYU. Which tandem do you expect more from? I expect more from Canada and Katoa. There's a reason that they were the guys the first six games. Um, If Canada's not healthy, then certainly uh, the equation changes. But it was one game from Riley Burton, Matt Halley. But it was a really good game, and that was great. Um, I think BYU needs them all. But if you make me pick between two, I'm doing Canada and Katoa, okay? 
I know that Kalani Satake <laughs> likes Matt Hadley a lot. And if Squally Canada isn't the same runner with some bum ankles the rest of the season, then yes, Matt Hadley's getting some more run. He'll join us tomorrow. Uh, Riley Burt, perhaps get some more run. I asked Kalani Satake Monday on the show why Riley Burt doesn't play a little more. And he explained that generally speaking, there's more to a player's playing time than what you see him do on the field. That has to do with practice. That has to do with in the classroom, in the film room, uh, in in the academic classroom. So we'll see. BYU's going to need all of them with tough ones coming up with Boise State and Utah on the road. And like I mentioned, if BYU can't run, BYU's been really bad. So we'll see if Zach Wilson makes it so BYU can run now a little more by loosening up the defense with his feet and with his arm. Perhaps he does. Don't get lost in the moment, BYU Sports Nation. What has Squally Canada done to make you think, oh, he, he doesn't deserve playing time? If he's healthy, why, why would you not play him and want more from him when he has clearly been your most explosive runner to date? Other than one game, which he sat out, Hawaii, what has Squally Canada done to make you think, nah, we shouldn't expect more from him? I don't him? think anyone's arguing against yeah. this. In fact, no one is. It's just you and I talking. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so... That the question I'm answering the question though with yeah. logic, do we expect more from Riley Burton, Matt Hadley, or Squally Canada and Lopini Katoa? One hundred percent, it has to be Squally Canada and Lopini Katoa. They're the guys. We have received no indication from the coaches that they are not the guys. Other than we hope Squally gets healthy and BYU has the bye week now. We'll see Squally Canada come out against Northern Illinois as the number one back and Lopini Katoa as the number two back, mixed in potentially with a little bit of Matt Hadley because of what he did against Hawaii. I mean, that, that's a strong opinion, but I think it's the right opinion. So I expect... It's not that strong. You're saying the starters should continue... To yeah, play. yes! It's not strong. Well, <laughs> some people think, hey, Riley Burt! You heard Dennis Pitta. Well, more Riley Burt. They're not saying Riley Burt should start over everybody else. That's... No. It's more Riley Burt. We just haven't seen him very much. Like, if BYU doesn't play Hawaii, Riley Burt doesn't really play. So should BYU play Hawaii every week for Riley Burt? That's the question. Strong opinions, Jerem. Strong opinions. <laughs> the starters should continue to be the starters. Monday, KTVB in Boise reported Boise State's proposing a new incentive-based contract for football coach Brian Harson. Among the incentives are bonuses for winning a certain amount of conference games, APR scores, that's academics, conference titles, bowl games, Power 5 wins, etc. But there was one of particular interest to this audience, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Boise State head coach Brian Harson receives a $10,000 bonus if he beats BYU this season. Now, uh, well, that would that would be in the new contract. So it wouldn't apply for this year. It'd be 10 future. G's? Um, it'd be 15 on the road, okay? So this got us thinking, what kind of bonus would you give Kalani Satake if BYU beats Utah? Like, if there was an incentive-based clause in there, and perhaps there is. It's a private university. We don't know the contract. It's not public. You can't see it. Uh, so what do you think? I'm going to go 10 Gs for every game in a row BYU has lost. So it's up to $70,000. It's kind of like 70? No, no one's won the lottery right now. And so yeah. It just keeps growing every year. So This it, audience isn't the lottery <laughs> audience, per se, but yeah. Oh, hey. They, I, perhaps they are. But You don't know that? You don't uh, know that? I'm pretty confident hey, on well, that one. That's, it's your opinion, right? It's a strong opinion you have. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a strong opinion. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say 10000 for $10,000 for every year that it keeps going. So Ten, until huh? be, yeah, let's hope it doesn't get to six figures because that would mean 10, 10 straight losses. Okay. Can we start a GoFundMe and see what happens? Why not? Like, see how high it gets? Yeah, hey, Kalani, you get We're going to give this to Kalani. You beats Utah. <laughs> yes.
<laughs> I bet it would go six figures. I really do. Oh, my um, goodness. At least 50K. Six I would figures? go to church for three whole hours next year if BYU beats Utah. E- an extra hour, even if I just sit there. I'm not saying I'm going to do that. Okay, <laughs> Don't hold me to the top button. Well, you, well, that's the thing. You're not good to your word when it comes to the top button, so I wouldn't believe you that you'd go to church for three hours. Well, I'm like BYU football. Sometimes I beat Wisconsin. Sometimes I lose to Utah State. <laughs> like, it, just, it is what it is, you know? Oh, my goodness. Still waiting for that strong opinion. Yeah. Think about the bonus. You'd give Kalani Satake. I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss it again at some point. Tithing? Go fund me to be determined. <laughs> Our question of the day. Does BYU need to beat either Boise State on the blue or Utah in Salt Lake City to consider this season a success? Why? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Chad Stewart underscore 79 answers on Twitter. Any season with a loss to Utah is a disappointment. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. Almost nothing else really makes a difference okay. if BYU keeps getting owned by the team up north. Stop it. Okay. Chad, you're telling me that beating Wisconsin and Arizona and maybe Boise State would all feel hollow because you lose to Utah, a game that BYU is probably going to be a double-digit underdog in in Salt Lake City against maybe a ranked team if Utah beats I'm USC. thinking of several seasons that I would call successful where BYU didn't beat Utah. It certainly helps, but come Two- on. Not successful? Like, Come on, man. Two th- what, 2008 wasn't any type of success? 10 and 3? Boo-hoo, 10 and 3. Uh, 10's awesome. Let's like, take it. Don't, don't let the season be defined by one yes, game. Yes, that is a Utah State mentality. Do not do Don't that. Let this Come on. Be defined by one yeah. game. Coming up, what's the chance Matt Hadley's the starting running back against Northern Illinois? And next, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us. What does he think about Zach Wilson's performance with some statistical analysis? Hi, Greg. Yes. Hello. Hello, Greg. Hi. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't go anywhere. How's the weather down there, Greg? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Greg Rubel hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guests are men's golf coach Bruce Brockbank and former Cougar and NBA player Michael Smith. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can listen to BYUSN On Demand, downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast, Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you want. Our question of the day. Does BYU need to beat either Boise State or Utah to consider this football season a success? Tell us why you think so. At Monty answers on Instagram. Beat Utah. Beating Boise State is awesome too, but I am sick of losing to Utah. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I thought this would be... Um commentary on the improvement from last year but it's just turned into a yeah utah idea as it always does <laughs> yes. as it always does yes it does and until BYU beats utah it probably will remain the same joining us now a man to help bring some more context to this conversation greg rubel voice of the cougars welcome back to studio b greg on the bye week it is the bye week, the week without a game. <laughs> but you still have games. You're There's calling women's games soccer games. Yeah, yeah. You're calling women's volleyball games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a Cougar tip-off Friday night. Absolutely. Let them play. Yeah. Where, let, let the boys are always busy. I was going to say, what do you do with your time off? But yeah. you don't have time, right? time off. He's Doing got something. A, <laughs> got a radio show tonight, too. Okay, now that you've had a few days to let it sit, um, 
Tell us what you thought about Zach Wilson's overall performance in his first start as the youngest player to ever start a quarterback for BYU. Yeah, I, I thought he did what we hoped and coaches hoped he would do, which is make BYU harder to defend and more explosive. I think that's really what it comes down to. I thought it was mission accomplished. Not the best defense in the world, but still got to go get it done. Exactly. And he did. Did just that. And, and let's, not, uh, let's not just gloss past the fact that uh, he put up BYU's best pass efficiency day in more than two years against an FBS opponent. It's been a long time. Toledo in 2016 was the last time BYU put up a 150-plus against an FBS opponent. And 150 is the magic number. Uh, BYU's won 34 straight games with a pass efficiency of 150. You're probably asking yourself, well, well, how hard is it to get to 150? Is that a great night? Is that a-? Well, here's what a 150 is. It's just as an example. He went 167.5, right? Okay. But to get to 150, that's 20 for 30 for 250, two touchdowns and a pick. What does that sound like? That sounds like an average to okay day. Reasonable That's 150. Yeah. All right. BYU's won 34 straight games at a 150. So it's not impossible to get to. Uh, the top five quarterbacks in BYU history and pass efficiency are all 150 plus. You can do it. It had been two years since BYU had done it. Okay. So, so the fact he did that was what I wanted to see. And it's, it's a key number. And, and again, you, you're, not, you're not in the game going, where are we on the path? At the end of it, you see where you were, but you can get a feel of how the game is going, and then you confirm it with the number. And so that's what Zach did, and exactly what I hoped he would do. Another number that you put out there in the post game, um, and Kalani kind of chuckled at it, but I was like, no, Greg's right. BYU 12 0 under Kalani when leading at the half. Yes. Leading at the half really matters for this team, and scoring first and all that stuff. Scoring, scoring first, uh, leading after one, leading after two have been almost everything for this program. And, and it's more so with BYU than other teams. It's, it, it, it's more weighted for whatever reason for BYU. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of funny, but it's really not. You've got to get out in front because if you get out in front, you'll stay in front. That's the way you've been. And it's been harder for Kalani's teams to come back. And again, that's for most teams. But that said, the largest comeback in the Sitaka era is seven points. So if you get down seven two, points, yeah, if you get down two scores, it's over. What? So it behooves them to get out in front because they can stay out in front. They've proven they can do that. And so, and, and, and again, they scored first possession. They scored fourteen points in the first quarter. By the way, fourteen points in the first quarter equaled their first quarter output from the previous ten games combined. Ah! Oh. Okay, so, so some things got fixed. Yeah. All right, some things got fixed with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah. Well, it helps when you rush for 280 yards as well. And the other magic number is 150, and that's 150 rushing. Kalani uh, Satake's teams are 16-2 and two when they rush for 150-plus. So let's call it the, you know, the, the, the nifty 150s here. You've got to get 150 pass efficiency. You've got to get 150 on the ground. You're going to put yourself in a really good spot, and BYU was that team on, on Saturday night. We saw that 280 yards rushing come from a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, Riley Burt, Matt Hadley. Lofini the fact that Zach Wilson's Zola. involved is important. It's important, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about BYU's rushing attack if they are not able to rely heavily on Squally Canada moving forward? Whoever gets the yards. I mean, Lopini's fine. Uh, I, 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 this is this is a next man up world, and it'd be great to have Squally back at full speed because he gives you one more good running back. But uh, whoever gets the yards, I do not care. <laughs> I'm just not particular. Get the yards, yeah. please. And I think Zach Wilson maybe changes things if BYU gets into a situation where they can't run because as of last week, it was 55 yards a game in the losses and then 178 in the wins. So Zach Wilson, when BYU plays some tougher competition and BYU can't run, perhaps he can change the game that way with his feet, like you said. Well, he's an extra player to account for that you didn't have to before. Um, There were certain things defenses didn't have to consider with with Tanner Mangum. They'd have have to now with Zach Wilson. It makes a big difference. You're just simply harder to defend. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with us in Studio B as part of BYU Sports Nation. What do you think priority number one is during the bye week for BYU? 
Uh, well, uh, get healthier. Uh, the guys who are banged up, give them a week off, a week of rest, and a chance to get uh, as close to full speed as they can for the stretch run. I think that would be priority number one. Uh, just get healthier. And, and, every, and every, every practice rep is a good rep for Zach Wilson. I was really impressed with his poise uh, in that first game. I just thought he looked the part, looked comfortable. Um, and, again, it's kind of a vibe or a feel thing. I really couldn't quantify it. But I, but I sensed that he was going to be good because he felt and looked comfortable to me. Like, he didn't look... Uh, didn't look nervous. Didn't, didn't look, look rattled. jerky. And, and just uh, throw such a smooth ball, uh, you know, kind of an effortless ball at times. And, uh, wow, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough not to get excited about the future with him because of how good he looked in, in game one. And there will be struggles. There are for every freshman quarterback. But uh, from what you saw in the first game, throwing him in that situation, I thought he couldn't have performed any better. I thought his poise rating was above 150. I gotta, I, I gotta like find a way, gotta find a way to quantify that. Yeah, yeah. I but I felt high. it was there too. The yeah. body language yeah, factor. Exactly. Yeah. We discussed the BLF. This, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Get a high BLF. <laughs> we discussed this yesterday. Um, we, we, we were thinking, should BYU have started him earlier? And we both felt like, no. We think he needed to six, sit six games to have that performance. Yeah, I don't think coaches missed on this. I, I think it's simply a matter of this. The August criteria were not the October criteria. They're different. And, and in, in August, the Tanner Mangum decision made more sense. And in October, the Zach Wilson decision made more sense because the criteria change over six games in two months. And so I don't think they missed at all. I think they did the right thing at the time. And I think they did, they did the right thing again at the time in October. The BYU defense showed up in a major way that they haven't all year, especially in the sack category. I think they had five or maybe six. Yeah, six com- total. Six total coming into the game against Hawaii. And they had four that night. And right? four yeah. with four to get to ten total on the season. What did you see from the defensive side that made you think, okay, this, this is why now they're getting to the quarterback? Well, there was some variation, obviously, schematically. I mean, from the get-go, you saw they were going to play a different kind of defense. And, and any time an offense is taken off guard, I think it assists you. Um, and, and then guys had to go out and, and, and have, the, have the, uh, the willingness and the desire to, in Kalani's words, play BYU football, be a physical team again, get after that, that component of, of your identity. And I thought they did so. Um, I, again, I think every opponent gives you a different different opportunities and Hawaii's you know offensive line and, and offense in general gave BYU the, the the ability to get into the back again they're a they're a uh, they're a four wide one back team uh, they're, they're, they're never going to have an extra blocker in there's never going to be a tight end there's never going to be a fullback it's probably easier to get to the quarterback if you can get there quickly again they're, they're, their whole thing is timing get the ball out quickly and if you're decent in coverage and they started in nickel and went to dime uh, then you're gonna have a chance and, that, and I think that I think they exploited that chance very well against so not, it wasn't necessarily more BYU being aggressive as it was just well, I thought it was both well, I, th- okay. I think they were I really okay. think they were I, th- I, th- I think they were extra aggressive and, and physical and and varied in their approach and looked different than they had the previous week schematically okay. Combination, okay. Yeah. We'll always remember the 2018 season because BYU beat Wisconsin. That's not in question. But we've been talking about does BYU need to get a win against Boise State and or Utah to kind of get this to the next level in terms of, hey, that was a really good season or whatnot. What, how do you feel about what's left and what BYU could do in terms of how we'll remember this? Well, because, they, because they've struggled against Boise, never having one up there, and because they have lost as many in a row as they've lost to Utah, you'd like to be able to get one, or if not both, just, just to kind of get rid of that particular component. But let's just say, let's look at it differently. Let's say you don't win either of those games, but you win every other game, including a bowl game, and you finish 8-5. and five. Man, I would feel okay. happy. It was an 8-5 season, coming off 4-9, and nine, with a bowl win, 
a success. Yes, absolutely. So let's look at it that way. So I think I think you know even if you don't, like, again, you can't just hold everything up to those two games. You want to get them if you don't, but you do win every other game and you finish eight and five. Was it a successful season? Was it was doubling your win total and getting back to a bowl and winning a bowl and winning in Big Ten country? Was that did that help you feel like it was a, a successful season? And I think you'd have more people saying yes than no. So uh, again, I want it. I want it all. I, I want to win every game. From I want it. Yeah. And I want it now. But <laughs> if, again, if you don't, there's still a way to, to feel pretty good about the year. But we've got to get through 13 games first. Yeah. Okay, Greg, let's walk through your broadcast schedule for the rest of the week so people can know when to listen to you, where to listen to you, and how to be involved during the bye week. Starting so, tomorrow, right? Well, we, tonight, uh, tonight we, yeah, we have, we have behind the mic, and as you mentioned, uh, Bruce Brockbank talking golf, and then Mike Smith, uh, former NBA, NBA draft pick, first-round draft pick, by the way, uh, Cougar All-American and NBA broadcaster. He's back doing NBA broadcast this year. Oh, really? You'll tell us where. Ooh, and how. Ooh. Yeah. okay. It's all coming tell us during your okay. commercial break, yeah. Greg. So, uh, so Mike Smith and Bruce Brockbank tonight. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, BYU Women's Soccer at Pacific. Uh, we'll have that. And then Friday night, Cougar Tip-Off. Shep fills in for me, works with Mark Durant, does Cougar Tip-Off on the radio. And then Saturday, I'm back on the air with soccer at uh, St. Mary's. So it's a busy weekend. You've got some stuff going on, too. Yes? Volleyball Thursday night. Cougar Tip-Off Friday night. Yeah. Uh, on with Jerem. Online platforms. So Jerem uh, has to make a, uh, an unexpected trip to Idaho Falls. Oh, so, yeah. really? Yeah. So it's, it's Spencer and Shep holding down oh. the fort in All right. Provo. Very well. And then Saturday. And then Saturday. Oh. Who's doing Cougar Tip-Off with you on uh, Friday Kristen night? Kristen Kozlowski. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. 2K. You didn't tell me you weren't going to be there, by yeah, the way. Sorry. sorry. Normally, Jerem texts me immediately <laughs> once all of his plans. You know, hey, hey, Greg. Plans change. This has yeah. nothing to do with <laughs> you. Yeah. I just want you to know. put on your calendar. I won't be there. All right. I'm going to email you retroactively. Enjoy the email. Enjoy the call with Kristen. I look forward to that. Thank yeah, you. And we've got a busy week. Yeah, and we'll look forward football. to uh, yeah behind the mic tonight yeah. with yeah. Mike Smith and that little nugget you threw out there. I want to tease all he, of us. He was with the Clippers for a long time. Where is now he's with somebody else? Dunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ralph Laurel Aller. Oh uh, yeah. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Who doesn't wear a headset? He just holds a mic. The lob, the jam. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Coming up, her team is the top ranked team in the land. Does Heather Olmstead feel there's a target on her team's back? Well, even if she doesn't feel it, it's there. I can promise you that. And next, what's the chance BYU's defense continues to get multiple sacks in each of their remaining games, Jerem, with that increased aggression? This is BYU Sports Nation. Friday night, check out the BYU men's basketball team in action for the first time. 9 Eastern time, Cougar tip-off on our digital platforms, BYU TV app and BYUtv.org. I'm stoked to see this team play. All right, BYU Sports Nation, let's keep it rolling with another visit to today's BYUSN headlines. The bye week continues for Cougar football this week. They will host Northern Illinois one week from Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain on ESPNU, Saturday, October 27th. Head coach Kalani Satake told us in Studio B, one of the obvious goals of the bye week is to get guys healthy, specifically his star running back, Squally Canada. I'm hoping, yeah. I mean, the, he has, he has a week to, to get healthy to compete for next week for a spot, and uh, we're hoping that that will be the case. Uh, we're hoping that will be the case as well. Meanwhile, the leading rusher against Hawaii, Matt Hadley, 91 yards, is going to join us tomorrow. Today is West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas. The preseason coaches' poll will be released uh, at 1.15 Eastern Time. Lauren McLean's there covering the event. Tomorrow will be the Men's Hoops Media Day. BYU men's and women's cross-country remain unchanged in the latest rankings. According to the U.S. TFCCCA poll, the men's team still at number two. The women remain number nine. And BYU tennis players Sean Hill, Ben Gallardo, and Sam Tullis advanced to the singles round of 16 in the ITA Regional Tournament in Las Vegas. 
Maybe the men's tennis team and the women's basketball team will hang out today in Las Vegas. So, Jerem, I want to go back to something that Greg Rubel talked to us about, and that is the BYU defense, their emergence with four sacks. They had six mm-hmm. going into the game. That gives them ten total. Yes. What's a re- Okay, just taking a step back, looking at the opponents, Northern Illinois, Boise State, UMass, so on and so forth. What do you feel like is a realistic expectation for the BYU defense in terms of sacks per game moving forward? Well, let's see. It was, it was a little under – well, it was one per game going into the game. <sighs> I, w- I would hope that it'd be like one and a half. Maybe creeping up towards two, right? Two would be Is nice. that too much to hope for? I care more about takeaways than sacks. Okay. But if you're asking me just about sacks, yeah, I would hope that BYU could get into the multiple sacks again. Like disruption. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Kafusi's had a nice season so far individually. But outside of that, I, I, there's not another guy that like, hey, he gets into the backfield and he's going to be there. Unless you send Sione Takitaki into the backfield more. He does not have... Uh, a takeaway or a sack this year, which no. is kind of weird for him, right? And his role has changed with Nozane. Yet, yet he was Butcher. he was very yeah. disruptive against Wisconsin. So even though he didn't have he had tackles for loss, right? A, yeah. a few, multiple, yeah. and, and those are great. I'll I'll, I'll take all of it. But disruptive I would like Sione Takitaki to have a bigger presence. I just feel like Kalani Satake, he had his imprint on the defensive effort. I would against hope so. He's Hawaii. the head coach. Oh, and he gave Elisha Tuiaki all the credit, but I, I feel like. I think he interjected himself, his style. I would hope he interjects himself in every facet of the program. He's the head coach. There is a 100% chance that we will play What's the Chance right now. BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's have Ben Bagley join us for this portion of the show. Ben, what do you have for us at number one with Percentage Fund? Well, let's start with this. What's the chance Zach Wilson starts the remaining games on the BYU schedule? Uh, 100% barring injury? Yeah, 100%. The only reason that Zach Wilson will not start a game this season would have to be because of injury. When you make the, sh- when you make the change, right? Yeah, you've made the BYU's 100%. Made the Next. What's the chance Matt Hadley will be the starting running back against Northern <laughs> Illinois? 50%. Uh, starters at running back don't matter in football. It just depends on the formation of who's in on the first play. Other positions it matters, like offensive line, quarterback, and so on. But it does not matter for a running back. I'd say like 20%. If Squally Canada is healthy, or even if uh, they're not Super sure on Squally. I think Lopini would be the first guy to run out on the field. Amen to that. I said 50 because I was going to say not available. Because it just doesn't matter who starts the running back. Like, start doesn't matter. Total snaps, yes. Yeah, N-A. Yeah, N-A. Not, not Literally available. put N-A. 20, 20%. Maybe that's high. Number three. What's the chance the BYU defense gets multiple sacks in each of their remaining games? We just each? talked about this. 12%. Ugh. BYU has multiple in two of the seven games this year, and you saw multiple against Hawaii. Oh, man. The other was uh, Wisconsin, I believe. It's about matchups. And I know that BYU was more aggressive, but Hawaii is more susceptible to give up multiple sacks. And yeah, you, no tight end, no fullback. You just, who's they they block? don't have extra blockers. Yeah, if they can't get block. the ball out quickly, then you're going to have more opportunity. Forget about it. Northern Illinois is more disciplined and a little more uh, built like BYU uh, early in the season to run straight forward and to just I mean, they're kind of have a methodical offense. So I, yeah, I think it's low. Well, the old BYU offense. There's a new BYU offense. Now. I'm not going to go 71 percent on every answer like Jason Shepard did last week. Although someone pointed out on Twitter that if Zach Wilson had thrown one more complete pass, complete pass, it would have been 71. <laughs> 
been crazy. <laughs> but it didn't happen. It would have been crazy. Uh, Jason Jeffard. Yeah, it's got to be. It's going to be low I'm, because Utah's disciplined. I think Boise State's pretty good at protecting their quarterback. I'd say like ten percent that BYU has multiple sacks in each of the remaining games. Number four. What's the chance BYU men's hoops is second in the preseason coaches poll when it's released tomorrow? Yeah. What's the highest number you can put here? One hundred percent. Yep. I'll, I'm going to give it one hundred ten percent. But uh, St. Mary's lost too much of the known with Calvin Hermanson, uh, Emmett Nahr, and Jock Landis. Jordan so. Ford's not going to get St. Mary's up to number two. Jordan he's Ford, a good player. He'll get you to the NIT. He's a good player, but he's uh, not going to get him up to number two in that BYU poll. has known returning quality players, so 100%. It's Gonzaga, yes. it's BYU, and then it's probably St. Mary's. 100%. 100.000000%. Yes. Repeating, of course. Yes. Number five. Last one. What's the chance BYU hoops? Has three players on the all WCC preseason team. Preseason, sixty-six percent. Childs, Childs will, Yoli Childs will be on there. I think TJ Haas will make it on there as well. And then the question is whether the coaches vote Nick Emery onto the team. See, and I don't think they after will. After a year, um, it all depends too if the the league decides that all all ten will be Gonzaga players or not. <laughs> It'll be two. They on, could on the preseason team. Two. Now, I'll take your 62% yeah. on the postseason team. The BYU could have three on the postseason All-West Coast Conference team with the reemergence of Nick yeah. Emery and maybe if BYU has, Jasheer Hardnett. If BYU has two on the postseason one, BYU goes to the NIT. They have three? Maybe they need NCAA three, tournament. you've got a shot at the NCAA tournament okay. because they need to play well. In I like league. that metric. Sure. I like that, uh, that idea. Okay, uh-huh. coming up, her team's perfect thus far in the season. Uh, Heather Olmstead, the women's volleyball coach, joins us in studio. Still number one, baby. What's more important, RPI or ranking? I love asking questions like that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 18-0 and top-ranked BYU women's volleyball team looks to continue its West Coast Conference domination with a matchup against LMU Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Joining us now in Studio B is the head coach of said number one ranked volleyball team in all the land, Heather Olmstead. Heather, welcome back Perfect. to Studio B. Thanks for having me. Number one and undefeated. Our, you're someone who has a major growth mindset. You are constantly like trying to be better. How how good do you feel about what you're doing right now? I know you want to be better, but how good do you feel about you're undefeated in number one? Yeah, we're excited about the start that we had, and obviously uh, it's more than just a start because we're almost halfway through the first round of West Coast Conference, so we're excited the start we've had in conference as well and very happy and pleased with how we're playing, and it's it's been fun. I mean, I guess you could push the for... the understatement of the year. You could push for all 64 first-place votes. You, you only have 60 right now, right? So, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's something to shoot Secretly for. Secretly, Heather knows the <laughs> How do you celebrate wins, typically? Because you, you, you seem pretty low-key and focused. And, again, Jaron brought up the growth mindset. How, how do you celebrate wins? Yeah, I go back into the team room and jump around with the team a little bit and cheer and talk about the match. And that's, that's the best way to celebrate is to talk about it with the team and talk about what we did well and what we want to do better. Is there like an indulgent caffeinated soda or something in there somewhere? Sure. <laughs> There's some ice cream or yes. whatever. So. Okay. Get crazy, right? Get some ice cream. <laughs> we, we see the football celebration sometimes, like people on Instagram yeah. will post their dance around. You guys dance around and just jump for a minute and then, all right, next one. Yeah, no dancing right now, just 
get excited and um, happy for each other, happy for performances for the team and talk about it right away so we don't forget it. Winning at times can be a burden when you do it so much where some coaches talk about I'm, I'm more relieved than I'm celebratory. How do you feel about a win? Oh, we're excited every time. Winning is really hard. That's great. Home and on the road. So anytime you can get a win, obviously we're playing great teams, non-conference and conference. So we're happy when we get a win. And if it's tough, great. If it's not tough, great. I mean, we're always trying to see, you know, how we can learn from the previous performance. We spoke with uh, one of your stars, Mary Lake, on uh, our conference special on Saturday and uh, asked her about the number one ranking. She said, and I love how how the clarity she provides, but she's like, honestly, sometimes we're so in the nitty gritty of like points and matches and schoolwork that I sometimes forget that we're number one. And then I'll have like these moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, we're we're number one. That's pretty cool. Do you feel like that attitude is kind of extended through your team and it's not just a Mary thing? Yeah, I I agree with Mary. It's it's not something we think about or talk about. So you kind of forget about it and then someone brings it up. And so if you don't talk about it, it's not in your mind. I, th- I think that can happen. So I agree with Mary hundred percent. And, and, you know, I, I appreciate them just focusing on the present and what we got to do now. And, um, you know, we're excited that people are recognizing the good work that the team's doing and the success we're having. So it's, it's been cool. You've had some great teams here as an assistant coach and now the head coach. What makes this team different from those ones? This team's a great team. They work well together. They play for each other. They get excited for each other. They work hard uh, on and off the court, and they have great team chemistry, and they're really good at volleyball, so they've worked really hard. Um, Obviously, some of them four years, three years, two years, and then some freshmen at getting better at their specific skill sets that they want to, and I think what you're seeing is really good volleyball players with good team chemistry working hard. One of Jerem's favorite metrics in the entire world is the beloved RPI. I kid. We we we, I, I we think it's a little bit uh, outdated in how it's formulated, but still it matters in the selection of where you get into the Men's NCAA Hoops tournament. Men's ditched it, but it's still a women's volleyball metric. You're number two in the RPI, which is a fantastic number, and obviously number one in the coaches' poll. Which which of those metrics matter to you more? Yeah, so the RPI matters at the end of the year. So that's uh, we can't really concern ourselves with it. We can only be focused on what we can do today and tomorrow, obviously with our match with LMU. But as far as our understanding, the RPI is used for seeding at the end of the year. So I would say that that's what matters. But in the end, we still can't control completely uh, the other matches of teams we've played. We can control who we're playing and what we're doing to win as much as we can. And a certain amount of the opponent's opponents. And it's just a weird yeah. deal that they made in, like, the 80s or whatever. Yeah, let's keep everything from <laughs> It was the 80s. 80s. That's all yeah. that needs to be said. It's a weird time. You know, Heather, right? Yeah, it was great. Um, every, you, every opponent is giving you their best game, yeah. typically anyway. But have you noticed any kind of difference being the number one team? Yeah, no. World? Not at all. I, I think you just said it correctly. We've, we, any team you play wants to beat you no matter who you are. We want to beat who we play. So... It hasn't really changed for us. I think um, maybe for our opponents it has, and we understand everybody wants to beat us just because we're their next opponent. So if that gives them extra motivation or incentive, I don't know. We're trying to do the same thing, so we don't really concern ourselves with that. And the girls have done a really good job just staying focused on, hey, who's our next opponent, and let's go try and get a win. At San Diego, there was a huge crowd there. So perhaps sometimes people come out of the woodworks to, to see the number one team, though, right? And that was a fun, a fun win and crowd. Was- yeah, I think we had more fans at San Diego than they did. Um, their coach even commented to me that it felt like a home match for us, and we really appreciate our fans coming out wherever we are across the country. We love that they want to come see the product that we're producing in the team, and it's, it's really cool to meet people after the match and say hi, and we really appreciate the support. Let's say 1,382 on a road match. Yeah, That's there's awesome. a lot of BYU fans Fantastic. there. Yeah. 
How much conversation do you have with uh, your brother, Sean, during the course of a season? Because I know he's busy working to get the schedule put out and take care of his stuff. Like, how, how much conversation actually happens between you two? Yeah, he's doing a bunch of good stuff with his team, and so he's pretty caught up with, obviously, new assistants and getting his, uh, his team going. So I think we're both doing our own thing and um, obviously see each other all the time because of our offices and the court. So we're real supportive of, of their team and want them to do really well, and I know that they, they feel the same way about us. Okay, tell us about uh, your matches this week, both on BYU TV, by the way. LMU tomorrow night and then Pepperdine Saturday. Yeah, super excited to play LMU. We haven't played them yet, so it's the last team in our first go-around of playing conference opponents. They're doing a good job. They've got a good setting. They run a fast offense to their pins, a little higher in the middle. Um, they serve tough, so we're excited to, to match up with them and see, see how we can play. LMU fifteen and four overall, yep. so a formidable challenge. Yep. And then right now Pepperdine seven and one in West yep. Coast Conference play. Their only loss in Malibu to BYU. Yeah. Uh, what do you anticipate from all these teams? The second go around. Yeah, Pepperdine at Pepperdine was a, a great match to get out of there the way we did three zero. I mean, it was it was a good match. We we had to play really well, and they're really good. They've made some adjustments too to how they're playing, so they they're looking good. You know, they play San Diego. Uh, Thursday, so we'll see how that matchup goes. If, if they're going to come to BYU still in second place, but we're excited for the challenge, and you know we we hope we we're hopefully better right than when we play them, and same with them. So I think it's just another challenge. You know, it's no two matches are ever the same, so it's never going to go the same way. You know, the first time you played them, different people are going to step up and have different performances. So we're excited for both LMU and Pepperdine this week. Fantastic! We are looking forward to those matches as well, both on BYU TV Thursday night nine Eastern, and then uh, on Saturday three Eastern one Mountain Time. We have a brand new flag, awesome! And we would love for you to you sign. sign. I will. We need someone from our new flag. One yeah, we need a number one team and a number one head coach that was our next goal on the flag right now right now (laughs) yes be careful though first lefty i think oh okay oh or is kalani a lefty i can't remember I can't remember. Is I don't. I didn't thought I don't of the Kalani's. Did he sign his name left-handed? We can go to the film. We it's probably a, yeah, still have that. Good thing this isn't an overhead, right? All right, Heather Olmstead signature on the flag. My Thank you. Teacher always smeared his hand. Like and by doing so, we have uh, solidified our karma transfer to you for uh, yes. the game, the match against LMU and Pepperdine. And we'll watch, it. watch this team on TV or go to the match. This team's awesome. Yes, so exciting right now. Thank in you guys for your support. Thanks, Thanks coach. Thank you. Okay, coming up, does anyone out there think that a win over Boise State makes this a successful season? It seems like it's all about you. Come on, people. <laughs> we'll give you a third gauntlet win. And nice. both men's and women's cross country sit in the top ten. What else is in the whip? Tennis news. I guess we could mention again that BYU Volleyball is number one. No one ever gets tired of that, right? It's BYU Sports National. Shout out to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Heather Olmstead. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast or go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, it's a regular day, so we didn't have you on. <laughs> Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Bye week continues for Brigham Young as the Cougars prepare for Northern Illinois next week. Monday head coach Kalani Satake told us one of the goals this week is to get the guys healthy, including running back Squally Canada. Yes, please. Women's basketball. Today marks West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Media Day in Lost Wages. Or <clears throat> Las Vegas, oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The preseason coaches poll set to be released at 1.15 Eastern, so about 15 minutes after we wrap up here in Studio B. Lauren McLean on location covering the event with the BYU TV sports team. Tomorrow, the men will have their turn at Media Day. 
cross country. The men's team stays at number two, and the women's team stays at number nine in the latest USTF CCCA poll. Tennis. Sean Hill, Ben Gallardo, and Sam Tolis advance to the singles round of 16 in the ITA regional tournament, also in Las Vegas today. Today's rise and shout goes to women's volleyball and men's cross country and women's cross country. Three top ten teams. Top ten. Yeah. Very nice. Three top ten teams. At one point uh, in this fall season, we had four top 20 teams. Try not to be numb to success. Okay, this happens sometimes. Oh, you go ten and three in Dust, Utah, and we're mad. It's a ten and three season. Still a good year. Okay, two thousand eight. Women's volleyball. Women's volleyball team is number one and undefeated. Like enjoy this. They are not ranked number one often. It, it, this is this is an awesome run. incredible five weeks in a row or something. Yeah. Five straight weeks. Woo! They got to take care of business against uh, a decent LMU team and a pretty good Pepperdine team this yeah, week. This these are challenging matches, and BYU still could win in three. And have it be challenging. Show up. That's how volleyball is scored. Show up or watch on uh, BYU TV. We'll have you covered live. Our question of the day. Does BYU football need to beat either Boise State or Utah to consider this season a success? Why? Jake Simmons on Facebook. Please beat Boise. I've lived in Idaho my whole life. Play the piano music. And been a Kooks fan forever. And since BYU has played Boise State, all Boise State is concerned with is beating BYU. Doesn't matter how the rest of their season goes. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Richard Burris on Facebook. BYU needs one more signature win. I want to win both, but if I have to choose, I think Boise is the one they need to win. Uh, If you say need to win, it is definitely Utah. Uh, But if you discuss more likely win, it is Boise State. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. This is well spelled out. At J Gibbs 19. Wins versus Utah and Boise State equal special season. Okay. Win versus Utah only equals great season. Win versus BSU only good season. No wins versus Utah and Boise State equals met expectations slash bowl game. Okay, then. That was well spelled out. And that is the Elite Voice of the Day. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. Tomorrow on the show, running back Matt Hadley and Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports. Does he really think BYU-Virginia could happen in the Independence Bowl? For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ed Keel. Go Cougs. I volunteer.